Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. A new head coach and boy genius Mike McDaniel, the fastest cheetah to ever roam the football field, and an actual left tackle? Let me check your pulse if you're not fired up. Before we jump into a fresh episode of Finsider Radio, Jake and Josh want you to please, please, please hit that subscribe button if you haven't yet. Subscribing to the show is the best way to know when Jake and Josh have something cooking in the kitchen. iTunes, Spotify, it doesn't matter. Following helps others find the show, and we want to thank you for that. Now, let's talk some dolphins. Class is in session. Thank you all so much for joining us. This is Chapter 4 of the Finsider Radio Book Club. Today, we are going to focus on it. 2020 first-round draft pick, not Tua, not Austin Jackson, Noah Igbenogany. But before we talk about the DB who just doesn't seem to get on the field, I got to welcome in the one, the only, the best co-host in the world, Joshua Houts. Josh, how you doing today, my friend? I'm doing good, but that's definitely what I refer to you as. So I think I think you need to switch that up. But yeah, man, I'm doing good. I'm glad we could come on here and, and talk Dolphins football. So I'm doing good. How have you been? Dude, it's summer. We're all loving life. The only thing we're missing is little Miami Dolphins football. And Josh, because it's a little nice out, I'm going to put you on the spot here. You know, this week, the entire house went to the zoo. Can, can I get a fact from you? Um, The zoo sucks when you have kids. <laughs> <laughs> There's a good fact. I know a lot of the birds are away and things like that because of, I guess, some kind of, uh, you know, disease and things. So I, I really don't have a fun fact other than it is very difficult to, to put all the houses in one vehicle. Jake, I want to bring this up before we get into our podcast about no Igbenogany, but um, it was something that came out, I think, with the last time we recorded. Mike Greer, the brother of Dolphins GM, Chris Greer, became the first black general manager in the history of the NH- NHL for the San Jose Sharks. So I want to make sure we said something about that because I don't know if you saw, but Jalen Phillips, you know, tweeted out a picture. Oh, man, I thought Chris Greer was leaving us or something like that because it looks just like him. But his younger brother, uh, you know, breaking down boundaries. So that's a pretty big deal. And I just want to make sure we brought that up before we jumped into our no Igbenogany podcast. The only reason I could tell it wasn't him is because he didn't have a hat on. If it was Chris Greer, you'd be wearing a hat. That's the rules. But no, it's a really cool situation, Josh. I think when you you could probably look through both of their careers and see some really interesting twists or turns. And, you know, you, you work your ass off for so long. It's cool to see that recognition. It's cool that we're all swimming in the water together, too, when you really think about it. Yeah, and I guess their dad, Bobby, was also a GM there at the New England Patriots or a scout slash coach. So, yeah, we're all in the water together. I'll put my floaties on and dive right in. So uh, hey. just just like that, let's dive into our Noah Igbenogany podcast. So, Josh, let's start with draft night. The year's 2012, the date. I don't care. Um, with the 30th selection, after, you know, I remember where I was when they drafted Tua. You know, I remember the exact moment thinking, hey, we got this right. And. I guess we'll see. Uh, Austin Jackson, we kind of understood the vision, right? Hey, the Miami Dolphins had a terrible offensive line, breaking news. I guess that's still kind of happening. But you get down there, man. You you have the excitement of your quarterback. You know, you, you solidify that with your left tackle. 
you're a little drained. Then it's a long night. So, so what are you thinking, Josh? Let's go to draft night. Uh, you know, 30th pick overall. Noah Igbenogany is taken off the board by the Miami Dolphins. You have Xavier Howard. You actually just gave Byron Jones a huge contract early in uh, free agency. So do you remember what you were thinking when, the, when you know, Chris Greer, Brian Flores, that crew decided to pick Noah Igbenogany? I think I was a little stunned. I think at that point, and I mean, I can't really remember, you know, yesterday. So I can't really go back and say confidently that I had J.K. Dobbins or Jonathan Taylor, one of those running backs. But I do think with that 31st overall selection at that point, that was kind of where I was leaning. Because, again, what Jonathan Taylor went second round, 41st overall, J.K. Dobbins, I, I thought he was the RB1. So I was a bit surprised. I mean, I guess another thought I had was, wow. Jordan Love fell all the way to what, 30th overall? I mean, is that not where they selected him? And, um, you know, pre-draft, some of those websites were, you know, saying that Jordan Love might have been, you know, a top 10, top 15 pick because of how some of these two teams felt. So I was a little bit surprised. I think the Dolphins got good value for that pick, but um, you literally just signed Byron Jones. So, you know, I I guess the need for cornerback wasn't exactly on my mind. So I was a little surprised. What about you, Jake? I'm not going to play a huge if game here, but yeah, no, I was definitely sitting in the same boat and and something as I put together, it was, we put together the book club here, man. I wonder if it would have helped Igbenogany if like somehow he was in the draft class year earlier. I mean, him and Nick Needham being able to really get their feet wet. I mean, you look at that 2019 season, the opportunity someone like Nick Needham got, you know, Xavier Howard was shut down real early. That was kind of like the jumping off point for him. I mean, his 2020 season being Miami's, you know, main slot quarterback was, was such a huge jump from him. And it was cool to see where no Igbenogany, you're like, where, where's this guy going to fit? You know, Xavier Howard, all right, you know, Byron Jones, these guys have had some injury history, but, but then also you, you cannot forget about Nick Deedham, uh just instantly stepping into that starting lineup as an undrafted guy. You wonder, how is this guy going to get on the field? I mean, Josh, he couldn't even drink when he was drafted. And I'm not going to play the what-if game, but here are some guys drafted shortly after Igbenogany went 30th overall. T. Higgins at 33, Michael Pittman 34, DeAndre Swift 35, and then Robert Hunt comes up and Jonathan Taylor shortly after that. Another fun fact, Isaiah Wilson actually went one pick before Noah Igbenogany. Uh, So, Josh, that's it for the ifs, buts, and coconuts talk. So, I put together a little checklist here. We're working down the excuse list with someone like Noah Igbenogany. And if you're new to the Miami Dolphins, one, I'm sorry you picked this team. Two, he has not seen the playing field at all. He started three games over two seasons with the Miami Dolphins. So, Josh... I worked up some excuses that, you know, we're going to kind of spin zone in our heads and we're going to figure out, hey, this is only happening because rookie year, you know, cornerback's the hardest position and he isn't even 20 years old yet. Of course, you know, why do you expect him to come in and, and, you know, completely uh, revolutionize the position? You have Xavier Howard and Byron Jones. And then and then year two, Josh, last season. Oh, he's in the Brian Flores doghouse. He he is too hard headed. He only plays his guys. So, Josh, going into year three. He's old enough to drink. Nick Needham, Byron Jones, Xavier Howard, all still there. And I think they're all still starters. Are we going to see him work his way into that lineup? Or is there going to be another excuse that gets in the way? And so much pain with all those guys you listed off. I mean, I would hate to sit here and go through, you know, do a book club on all the what if picks, man, because we would just be sitting here weeping. But another uh, excuse I want to throw out there is I believe he transitioned from wide receiver to cornerback, you know, once he went oh, of course, yeah. to, to college. So, <laughs> so I got to make sure I can bring in, you know, his lack of experience there at the position. But um, to sit here and say right now that I can expect him to, you know, have more playing time this year. I mean, I do believe he appeared to less games last season. So his numbers did dip a little bit, but you're right, man. I mean, I think a lot of what the Dolphins did, you know, early on was they kind of had him I don't want to say they wanted to force him on the outside, but again, I do think that when they drafted him, they wanted to have some flex 
flexibility there with Xavier Howard. And, you know, I guess it was, was it last year or the year before when Xavier Howard went down, you know, we saw Noah Igbenogany come in and play on the boundary. So I'd like to see him give Nick Needham a run for his money at, at nickel. You know, I kind of thought, you know, when they drafted him, I mean, again, they had Byron Jones at Xavier Howard. I mean, that would have been the perfect spot if, if uh, Noah Igbenogany come in there and shut and, you know, lock that position down, but he couldn't do that. So um, you're right, man. You said about what would happen if he came out with Nick Needham. I mean, he would have been what, 18 or 17 at that point. So <laughs> I don't know that that would have been possible. And I think that's one of the things we do have to remember with this. I mean, yes, it's an excuse, but he is still so young, 22 years old. And, you know, this season now with Patrick Sertan, Sam Madison, I mean, um, if he doesn't take off this year, though, that would be my, you know, breaking point at that point you're trying to no more what, yeah I, well you, you, this is year three after that that's uh you know and then that's when he's going to take off and everyone will be reminding me of how i gave up on no egg but um i mean let's be honest the dolphins are going to pick up no fifth year option with him playing the way he is so um i want to see him get on the field more and you have written down here about the returning that was a big part of his game in college that um you know if you have to you know force no egg onto the field or see what he can do let him go out there and return kicks i mean i, I hate thinking about you know you love to have Jalen Wall and Tyree Kill back there until something bad happened. Give Noah Benogany a shot. I'd, l- I'd like to see him try to return kicks, but Jake, your guess is as good as mine if he's going to be able to supplant Nick Needham for that nickel spot or you know, even push himself to play more on the outside, as we saw earlier on his career. As a kicker, kick returner, I should say, he has four returns for 68 yards. And Josh, as a cornerback, he has played in 23 total games with 13 tackles and two passes defended. Oh, man, his numbers were brutal last year. He allowed five receptions on seven targets, uh, 17 receptions on 28 targets the year before. If you want that little acorn of hope, he did force two fumbles as a rookie. And, and Josh, we talk about him fighting with Nick Needham, but you think about the situations he's been put in in each of the last two years. He has no opportunity at slot cornerback. He is in there as a boundary guy. You know, he got torched by Stephon Diggs two years ago. And man, the only reason the Dolphins lost to Jacksonville is because, you know, they couldn't cover anyone. They had no defensive backfield. Both Byron Jones and Xavier Howard are out. And, you know, you're throwing uh, Noah Igbenogany into the fire. Yes, of being, you know, that corner, that boundary guy. But man, you got to see something in one of those games. I mean, you, you don't get that many chances. And so far, I mean, you just have to be really unimpressed with what we saw. Yeah, and I think last season it was Marvin Jones that, when they played yeah. the Jags, went up and high-pointed the ball. I mean, Igbenogany did look like he was in good coverage at that point, but, I mean, he got bodied. And you mentioned Stefan Diggs. That was a simple crosser where you thought, you know, no Igbenogany's speed, he might be able to hang around. So, man, we just got to see something, right? I mean, you could say or say, you know, the Dolphins last season, they brought in, what, Justin Coleman and some other guys yep. to battle for that nickel spot. I mean, now it's Nick Needham, and what? Hopefully, no Igbenogany. So, I don't know if he's going to be on the outside, man. I don't know if he's going to play on the inside. I mean, at some point, I, I've heard people – suggested Jake what are your thoughts on maybe I guess you don't even need a safety at this point I mean I know some people thought about moving him to safety earlier in his career but at this point I mean you have so many safeties right you have Eric Rowe you have Brandon Jones and you have Javon Holland so I don't even know where he'd fit in there so um can we transition him back to wide receiver <laughs> all jokes aside that death chart looks even harder to get up man <laughs> I don't know I don't know what to do in this situation but but all right we, we've been we've been Nancy we've been very negative um February 2021, Devonta Smith doesn't ask me anything on Bleacher Report. He calls Dolphins cornerback Noah Igbenogany when he was at Auburn the best defensive back he ever went against. Josh, that was kind of one of those things where you're like, there's hope. There's a little bit of hope. And, you know, even moving ahead to this year, Nick Needham had this to say during OTAs. Noah has a high motor, super competitive. Every day he's bringing it no matter what. If it's a little drill, like I have to do a little receiver drill he's going to go full speed you have nothing but respect for that i respect his game and he's getting more comfortable out there and josh that's kind of the only thing you're hoping for is is finding him to be comfortable i mean 
it's hard to be a cornerback, man. You're on an island. I mean, you think Xavier Howard is comfortable all the time, you know, sprinting 40 yards downfield before he makes his interception. I wouldn't say so, but it's about finding that balance and understanding situations. And I think this was probably talking about that Stefan Diggs uh, game, Josh, but he, uh, no, Igbenogny actually said recently, football will humble you real quick. It's really learning that being in a league is a whole different experience than being in college. You might not get humbled like that. Uh, so in this league, you really got to wipe it off, uh, wipe out the bad plays and wipe out the good plays because you got to come back and do it again and again. And Josh, I mean, he's preaching about consistency and that's really what it takes to be a cornerback in the NFL. This is advertiser content brought to you by Frito-Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight we'll break down. We break down who will be cutting cut. What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys, it's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are. It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snackin'. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void wherever hit Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Yeah, I hate to bring up old quotes. I was trying to dig up one. I thought it was this year, but that just goes to my Finding Dory uh, memory. But last season, Byron Jones had this comment about Noeg Benagni. He's an incredible talent, and I love the way he's approaching the game this year. He's going to be special. So, um, again, that was last year. I, for some reason, thought it was this offseason, but it still applies, right? He's a 22-year-old player that's going to go out there. And, again, with this coaching staff, I mean, we all love Josh Burr, what, two years ago? We all love Brian Flores and what he meant to that secondary. And, Jake, I think if I'm Chris Greer, I'm putting this blame on Noeg Benagni if he doesn't work out right on Brian Flores because I remember Baron Jackson having an article where he said, I think Flores was on a – he went to Auburn to visit put some of those young prospects through the ringer on the on the chalkboard so um if this one doesn't pan out that's where i point my finger but i mean a lot of the players on this team i think it there was another quote somewhere but a lot of these guys talked about no igbenogany the way he goes after the game and the way he's learning so the sky's the limit i mean again jake i don't know about you that transition from what, what number was he wearing before was it 20 21 or 23 which number was it correct me please because 23 I yeah think. and now he's rocking that number nine which looks much nicer you got them sweet viper aviators on looking yoke so i mean again 22 years old it's that make or break season for Noeg Benani. I guess that's why we're talking about him, right? And um, one thing that's truly going to take his game to that next level is being able to compete with Jalen Waddle, Tyree Kill now. And mm-hmm. he did have a quote on that. To be able to go against them, a lot of receivers are not as good as them. Their speed and the way they catch the ball and stuff like that, just to be able to go against them is a blessing to have them on my team. And then he went on to say he approaches every day just to get better every single day and be present on that day, not to worry about the past or future. But for these past two years have absolutely been rocky for him, and he's just excited for a brand new start. So I had to throw those quotes out there, but um, Igbenogany is ready for the test and the challenge. So let's see where he ends up on the step chart. You mentioned Brand Flores going to, you know, take a look at him before the draft. And, and the question becomes, man, why was he taken so high? And it doesn't really take long of, of me saying these different characteristics to why Brian Flores liked him. One, athletic. 
Two, he's very, very hard hitting, maybe a little too hard at times, and he contributes against the run. I mean, that's what Brian Flores wanted more than anything else, right? His defensive backs need to be able to contribute against the run. That's been the theme for some time. I mean, Eric Rowe, Nick Needham, it was right away. And then, you you know, Xavier Howard's always been that well-rounded guy. Byron Jones actually was a safety. He's no stranger to hitting. So that really sticks out. Um, But I think the characteristic that kind of makes him special, that if he was, you know, if this was Madden and he had like this, I don't know if you still do the star under them, if they have like a special perk or or something, but he has a unique burst of speed. And, And the best way I can say this over a podcast is, if you remember the game against Denver in 2020, where, where Justin Simmons, he like hit light speed and intercepted Ryan Fitzpatrick during that comeback uh, at the end of that game. I think it was like a week or two before the Raiders that quick, man, he is a really, really quick guy. And that's the difference between allowing, you know, a 20 yard touchdown on a post or, you know, a game ceiling interception. Yeah. And again, that 4.48 speed, I mean, you could see it evident with the way he returned some kicks. I mean, I guess that's what was kind of, I don't want to say disappointing, but when he's going up against a Stefan Diggs, when you're playing, you, you know, when you hope to play in this slot, you got to, you know, showcase some of that speed and be more physical than at least what we've seen from no Igbenogany. So um, in this loaded defensive back room, Jake, do you think, I mean, I guess we pretty much talked ourselves in circles, but there's no way he can push Nick Needham this season, right? As a restricted free agent coming back to the Dolphins, I think he can push Nick Needham, but I I think we also need to look at what's happened with him and where he's played. I do wonder if it wasn't Brian Flores who wanted to keep him, you know, as, you know, as a slot corner, you know, he's a smaller kid. That's fine. Maybe they still want to play him, you know, as a boundary guy, really make him comfortable out there. And I guess you can't really blame him if, you know, you have Byron Jones, Xavier Howard, and you saw how detrimental those injuries were to those two guys last year, early in the season. Uh, when you look at, you know, the Falcons game, the Jaguars game. Um, but but I don't know if you're kind of stuck there. He's a smaller guy. We mentioned it. 5'10". What, does he become Brett Grimes? Is he sinking too much at defensive or at, at boundary corner and you want to push him inside the slot corner? I really don't know how that would kind of affect someone's, I don't know, growth if you wanted to kind of switch him up this late in the game. Yeah, Jake, you don't know how much the system might change now under Mike McDaniel. I mean, you know, the defense is going to be pretty much in place with Josh Boyer, but you don't know what this coaching staff might say. You know, let's change things up. Obviously, Patrick Sertan, Sam Madison, um, you know, are going to work wonders with him. I guess, Jake, and I don't want to make up another excuse, but it's pretty easy to sit here and say, you know, versatility was the big thing with Brian Flores' defensive backs. Mm -hmm. They want him to be able to play inside, outside, roam around, do all these different things. It could be possible that he just had a little bit too much on his plate again what, 19 years old coming in the league. So um, we have a laundry list of excuses for Noeg Benogany. Hopefully he can go out there and prove us wrong. But as of now, I mean, you mentioned at the top of this podcast, there's a laundry list of players that the Dolphins could use in 2022 that would be better suited than Noeg Benogany. And and I do wonder about that versatility. Not only is that the Dolphins, man, but I just think that's kind of the way the NFL is changing. I mean, Tyree Kill. I don't think we'd call him tall. And and I think the same thing's true with Jalen Waddle. And we just did a book club on Cedric Wilson, the tallest guy playing slot. So, I mean, we are in that upside down right now. And, you know, I do wonder if sacrificing that size for a bit of speed again, especially like the, the superstar speed. I wonder if that isn't really a terrible thing. You know, if he can keep his head down and keep tackling as hard as he does, you kind of see that possibility. You know, you come in in a couple four receiver sets, you take advantage of that situation, then you kind of work your way up. And Josh, I, I want to get your final thoughts, but but one last stat I have. He only had one interception in college, so that, that wide receiver idea you had, I, I don't think it's going to work because you only play on defense if you can't catch the ball unless you're Xavier Howard, right? Yeah, so maybe we should be transitioning Xavier Howard. That would then open up a spot for Noeg Benogany, ah, like right? That. Yeah, there's that upside down. Um, 
again, I continue to talk about Patrick Sertan, Sam Madison. Um, I do have a quote here from Noeg Benogni talking about what they mean to that room. I love them, especially I feel like there's definitely a lot of experience in that room. Not saying there wasn't last year, but those guys played the position and they played it at a high level just to be able to learn. They're great teachers as well. I'm blessed to be able to learn from them. And again, Jake, that's arguably the best tandem that we've ever watched, I guess. You know, you might want to throw Xavier Howard and Byron Jones up there, right? They can battle Sam Madison and Patrick Sertan all day, I guess. But, I mean, those are some of the best corners that we grew up watching now teaching some of these young corners. So, hopefully, you know, he soaks it up like a sponge. But, dude, I mean, I'm sitting here. I continue to say sky's the limit, this and that. But I just don't know how no Benogany is going to see the field, barring an injury, and that's not what we want to see. It, am I just too young if I'm, like, kind of – I don't want to say, like, excited about but but – I thought Vontae Davis and Sean Smith had a couple good years where, where they were kind of like a saucy duo there. Yeah, I mean, they're some of my favorite players. I mean, Sean Smith, dude, I, they both were, I think, better in our eyes than they probably were, you know, compared to some of these other ones. But, yeah, bring them into this. Throw them into this. I thought you were going to say Let me Brent. guess, you keep thinking about that Sean Smith preseason interception. The one-handed one, the one like, one, yeah. That's yep. the only thing I ever think about with him. And Vontae <laughs> Davis is just him looking dumbfounded, wanting to call his grandma. So that's oh. pretty much what I remember from them, too. And, I, I mean – Again, I have that finding Dory memory, so I don't remember too much from Patrick Sertan or Sam Madison either, but they were they were great. So that that's really what it boils down to, Josh. I kind of looked at the stats recently, and, and Xavier Howard actually played the highest percentage of snaps for the Miami Dolphins last year, which is kind of crazy. But, I mean, I think that we just keep going back to how great of a player he is. And then you have a number two like Byron Jones, which is kind of insane. So I guess as we kind of get all this information together, do we think that 2022 he'll be age 23? That is, is his make or break year. And I really don't know if that's the case, Josh, because he, I don't think he's going anywhere in his fourth year. If he gets cut, that's a $3 million loss. I don't really see that happening. So if we needed to hope for him to become a guy, I think this year, man, is just taking advantage of a couple of small opportunities. Maybe he can return a couple of punts, you know, put the offense into good positions. I'm not saying he has to be Jakeem Grant back there and, and you know, make a couple of touchdowns happen, but you know, maybe, maybe just flip the field a couple of times. And then on the defensive side of the ball, man, football, I'll say it again, is a very hard sport. I think injuries are going to happen. And those opportunities, whether it's the Jags game, whether it's the bills, the previous year, they're going to be there. And, you know, if we can come back here and we talk about him in our book club next year and we have these couple of stats of, hey, you know, he had two forced fumbles as a rookie and he built on that again. We kind of saw how he always attacks that ball as a tackler. Uh, he doesn't kind of get torched and, and he kind of just plays OK. I guess it could even be one of those situations where we'd be happy if we we're not hearing his name, you know, that type of thing. And then we will, I guess, best case scenario would be next year you know everyone's a year older the situation's a little different he he made these positive improvements this year and next year is the real deal where he'll make that final case of hey i can still be this guy of the future i can still you know develop into that guy you envisioned with that first round pick yeah and you mentioned him being a sure tackler i remember i think it was a thursday night game against the the jags a few years ago he stopped La lavisca chanel called a pass i mean he pretty much was one-on-one -on -one and made that tackle so i was going through some old tweets to see highlights and that was one of them so i'm glad you brought that up i guess jake i mean doesn't it kind of seem like maybe no egg one of those players you know that a team might come calling for that you know thought highly of him in the draft that mm -hmm. might be trying to you know send a late round flyer to me though the reason i would balk at that is again because of how young he is and because of you know right. coming in with this new coaching staff so i was going to throw that at you and try to see if you know there were any players you could look around the league that could potentially you know you might flip no egg for that's struggling elsewhere but i just don't know that you would do it because 
uh, again, all it takes is one player going down. We know how pass happy this league is. I mean, we're sitting here saying he's not going to find the field as a starter, you know, maybe as a starting nickel, but I mean, there may be options for him, you know, in those four receiver sets, different things like that, where, you know, he does go out there, you know, he forces a fumble in a key situation. Exactly. That's more playing time. So um, hopefully he's going to play with his hair on fire and, you know, like it's going to be his last season here because that's how I'd be approaching it. But again, like you mentioned, man, it has athletic traits that get you so excited. And when he's so young, so raw, there's tons of potential there. Let's just hope this coaching staff brings it out. And we're saying there's a chance. That is about it. That's the, all the information we have about Noah Igbenogny. I wish we had a little more, but I guess that's kind of the tough situation you're in when, you know, you have 13 tackles uh, across two years. And, you know, we're hoping for the best, Josh. I think, again, it's it's going to be all situational for him. But if you guys are liking the book club, we please, please, please ask you to hit that subscribe button and leave a review if you would not mind. And I'm just asking for the world today. If you haven't yet, go go learn a thing or two about Cedric Wilson, Jalen Phillips, and Chase Edmonds, the guys we've covered on our previous book clubs. Lastly, Josh, we're scheming. I think Hunter Long and even Jason Sanders, we're going to do a podcast about a kicker. Please, football, come back soon. But that is all the time we have. Jake Mendel, Joshua Houts, Finsider Radio. Thank you guys so much for listening. And most importantly, fins up. Fins up. Enjoy your weekend. That was Finsider Radio, part of the Finsider.com and the SB Nation Network. Miami has the Dolphins, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl because we're the Miami Dolphins. Cause we're the Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Yes, we're the Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Everybody, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Yes, we're the Miami